Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest today. My special guest is Robin Fisher Roffer. Now, Robin uh, is the founder and CEO of Big Fish Marketing Incorporated, where she actually leads an award-winning creative team that really helps customers uh, understand how to promote their message. But in addition to that, uh, she is an author of four books, and we're going to talk today about her latest book, which is Your No Fear Career. Uh, Robin uh, has a mission to inspire professionals like all of us to fearlessly reach our potential. She's a frequent uh, speaker on, and media guest on leadership and branding. Uh, she's keynoted uh, corporate conferences such as Walmart, Microsoft, AIG, Starwood Hotels, and I'm sure a bunch more that I don't know about. Uh, she's a graduate of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide Robin. And Robin, we are uh, just thrilled to introduce you today, and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure, and our, our listeners already know what crazy... Uh, fans of Alabama and Coach Saban that we are. Uh, so before we get started on talking about your book, why don't you share with the listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Well, last weekend uh, I went to the Outside Lands Festival, music festival, on, in Golden Gate Park, which is in San Francisco, with my daughter, and I had a friend who had a private plane who called me on a Thursday morning and said, can you be ready in uh, 24 hours to get on my plane? We've got VIP passes for you and your daughter. My daughter's almost 18. We go to every festival you can imagine. And of course I said what I always say, yes, which is how <laughs> I do life. And let me tell you, 
And, and I said, look, I got two, I cleared my calendar, but I had two major obstacles in the way. One was I had a very important call with um, a CEO of one of the biggest ad agencies um, in North America, who's my client, and I had, and he was impossible to get. I had to take the call. I had to be sitting either in the hotel room or at my desk at two o'clock on Friday with my headset on and ready to do what you're doing right now in an interview. <laughs> and then I had to get my daughter on the red carpet on Sunday for the Teen Choice Awards in Los Angeles, and he said to me. No problem. I'll have you to that hotel room by 2 o'clock. I'll have your daughter in L.A. by noon. She can still get her hair done and get on the red carpet. <laughs> and everything else was cleared out. And let me tell you what a blast we oh, had. It, it was like outrageous. It. But when you say yes, when you, when, you, when, you, when you go with your gut, when you use your intention, all the great synchronicity happens for your career and your life. It all just comes together, and that's really what my latest book is all about. Well, I, I know so many of us uh, at different parts in our career have really a, a allowed fear to really paralyze us. And there's this one line in your book that I'd like for you to talk a, a little bit about. It says, having a no fear career means showing up to work courageously. And I think a lot of us don't really think about what that might mean. So would you mind giving us some context around what do you think it means for us to show up to work courageously? Well, for me, it means saying yes to opportunity and not standing in the way of our success by putting doubt and fear in between the moment the opportunity comes or we even get an intuition. We get an intuitive hit. We have an instinct or a hunch and then acting on it. I believe that fearlessness and how fearless you are as a leader or an executive or a business owner is measured between the moment that that opportunity comes in and your instinct says, let's go, and the moment you take action. And what happens in every moment that you wait, fear and doubt, obsessive thinking, the desire to get somebody else's approval, turns what could be in a moment's notice something great that happens to infinity, right? We just don't do it. And uh, we talk ourselves out of our own destiny. So being fearless in business is really being able to listen to yourself and in the moment act. Um, and it's sleeping on it is good, too. That's fine. But going any longer than that, you're going to just talk yourself out of all the great things that you could be doing in your career to drive it forward. I, I think uh, I wonder sometimes uh, if we as leaders or, or managers are, are actually training not only ourselves, but our people to think uh, no first. Uh, how much does that have to do with what we wind up doing in this, this head game we're playing that creates fear? Oh, I think, I think, I think I, so many bosses and so many leaders that I've come into, leaders in corporations, bosses and businesses, they, they want all of their employees to be proactive. If you ask them, they'll say, I want my employees to be proactive. I want them to take initiative. I want them to come in with the great ideas. But then that same leader will shoot down those ideas, will not you know, elevate people to take risks and be fearless. 
because they're in fear and they're in a comfort zone that they can't get out of. They've been doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. You know, you know all about that, right? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, and there's also another thing that happens, which is that's at play where the leader um, wants everything to, like, all their sales to increase and their brands to blow up and be relevant and relatable, and, and they want their their client base or their customer base to be loyal. They want all these great things, right? But they're sabotaging their own business because they've now bootstrapped it. They think of it, at, they think in a, in a mindset of scarcity versus abundance. And that's because they're in fear and not in faith. Because when we're, when we're in fear, there's no way we can be in faith of our product, our people, our service, our clients, our customer base. We can't be in faith of our process. We are in fear. When we're in faith, there's no way we can be in fear. And we have to choose every day. Are we going to, as leaders, say that we're in abundance and have an abundant mindset? Or are we going to be in that no mindset, which is all built on the idea of scarcity? I'm not enough. We're not enough. I don't have enough. It's not enough. So true. I, you know, I, I can't help but uh, think as we're, we're talking about this idea of no that goes on in our head. Remember that, uh, that song that started out, no, 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 I, I kind of think that we we subconsciously have this as our theme song, and it, it, it's it's almost like we're we're saying go fast but don't go fast, and uh, or, or yes but don't say yes. I mean it's crazy at what we wind up doing to ourselves, and so we we've got this uh, inner judge. I think is the way you described it. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about uh, what. What is this inner judge that's inside all of us that's that's really causing us to hold back? Yeah, the inner judge. Boy, that is that is the 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 voice inside your head. It could have been planted by your your parents, your teachers, um, religious leaders. Sometimes will plant in your head um, ideas about who you are, how you should operate in the world. Um, cast want to cast you in a traditional mode. And you just feel like, oh, my gosh, am I a square peg in a round hole or what? Because my intuition, again, going back to that, which is really the essence of fearlessness, acting on intuition. Your intuition is telling you one thing, but the judge in your head is telling another. And sorting out those voices is the work of being a conscious executive, right? That is really the work. And so what I do is when I call them the ants, you know, the ants are running around in your head and they're, they're telling you no or they're telling you yes, when, but you're feeling no, right? Because remember, we also mm-hmm. can say yes to a lot of things and have no boundaries. And the next thing we know, we're working 24-7, right? So that's, an, that's, right. that's the extreme of yes. So we have a fear of saying no that we won't be liked and loved. I know a lot of people are probably listening now going, oh, my gosh, that's me. Well, of course. So we've been wired a certain way, and the judge is telling us what to do. And what I do is I like to sit down and take a piece of paper and write down what I call the trash in my head. I just write it all down. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. I, you know, people don't believe in me. But any negative thought, any negative thought, we all have them. Even somebody like me who practices positivity, I write it all down, and then I put trash on that, put it aside. 
then I, I burn it, I wad it up, I, I tear it up, I do whatever I've got to do to get rid of that. Then I write truth at the top of the page. I am a good mother. I am really great with my clients. I have terrific ideas. I've been in business 25 years. I got this. You know, I write all those loving things. And then the inner judge just quiets right down because you've just eliminated them. I, I think it's so important for all of us to have these positive statements about ourselves, And I, I know that that is so mm. difficult for people to do because we always feel like, well, yeah, I'm okay here, but I could do more. And yeah, you might could do more, but think about the great things that you've already done. And I just don't, I, I don't know how, uh, I, I think that we evolved doing this, but for so many guys, for example, just writing down our positive things, uh, I, I actually think that uh, a lot of men feel like, well, that's just too touchy-feely for me. I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing guys can do, and, I, and women can do this, of course, too. I'm going to help my guys now. If you let go of the idea that the outcome of any decision has to be in your favor. Now, this is, this is cool stuff. Think about this. So we go into it and we say, well, we're going to do it now. But the outcome's got to be good. And this is like a kind of a, I would think, a masculine thing to feel, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to hamper your growth. Because if we could, it, we just need to make the best choice we can in that moment. And things may go awry, but if you learn from it, it won't be a mistake. So if you could just let go of the idea that there's going to be an outcome in your favor, you will grow and you will grow that business and you will learn from the mistakes. Just make the best choice you can in the moment. Now, I repeated that twice because I think that is really important. And that's what we're, the inner judge is going to tell you you can't do it because it won't turn out perfectly. And I'm saying make the best choice in the moment that you can but make a decision and move forward. Perfection is the enemy of progress, isn't it? It is. It, it really is. And, and I've done a lot of things that aren't perfect and desiring to be the most perfect person in the world. I mean, everybody does. We all want to do it perfectly. But the truth is, is that there's no way we can. We're human beings. And the one that's trying to do it perfectly is not going to be seen as a fearless leader, and he's not going, he or she is not going to transform their business and their life. So true. We, we have to own up that mistakes are going to happen. Any leader that's not making a mistake is, is just simply not making enough decisions. They're, they're not doing the things that they need to do in order to succeed. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, it, it reminded me when you said that, uh, I couldn't help but think about Coach Saban in Alabama. Uh, <laughs> they, they lost, they, they lost uh, to Clemson in the national title game. And what was the theme uh, this year? Well, the theme was, we absolutely can't afford to let a loss go to waste. In other words, yeah, we lost, but we're, we're going to learn from it. We're going to move ahead. And I, I wonder sometimes if... If, if we don't let this head game that goes on keep us from really learning how to enjoy our career. And you've given so many good examples already of how, how we can do that. 
One thing that you talk about in your book that I'd like for you to kind of spend a few minutes on, if you don't mind, uh, tell us your thinking behind, there's a whole chapter on being a rainmaker. And mm-hmm. I, I, love the, uh, I love the topic of being a rainmaker because I think it has so many uh, contexts within our job uh, as managers, leaders uh, of organizations. And uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, on rainmaking and what does it mean and, and how can we become more of a rainmaker? Well, a rainmaker is, uh, you know, it comes back to there's a play called 110 in the Shade. It's actually a musical I was in as a child. And it was about a guy who his name was Starbuck. And I wonder if that's where Howard Schultz got the name for his company. And Starbuck comes to town and, he, and, and it's been a drought. And he convinces everybody if they do X, Y, and Z, then the rain will come, right? So the, mm-hmm. the word rainmaker comes from that. So great salesmanship is being a great, great rainmaker, right? You're going to make mm-hmm. rain even when there's a drought. And so to do that, you have to get your swagger on, right? That's it, about confidence in what you're selling. Again, it goes back to faith. And being confident about what you're selling, being passionate. My father used to say, slather yourself with enthusiasm. You know, so every <laughs> time I walk into a client, I say to Love myself, that. I am power, I am possibilities, I am sparkle, I am on, and I walk into that meeting, and I am going to uplift, even if I can't sell my services or my ideas, I'm going to uplift everyone in the room, and I'm going to leave them feeling great, and over time, those seeds that I've planted will make rain, okay, and Mm -hmm. so the other thing is showing up when others are, when when you feel like giving up, at so many times in my life, I've shown up at a meeting when so many things were happening in my personal life, but I just kept persevering. I am often like I my rule is 24 hours to get a contract in. If somebody wants to see has given me a request for a proposal within 24 hours, they have a fully fleshed out, totally customized, not cookie cutter, fantastic proposal. And nine times out of ten, my competitors don't get it in or don't get it in a timely manner. I may not even be the first choice, but because I delivered, I got the job. That is a great rainmaking thing. If you are a sure bet, you're probably going to win many, many more projects than your competitor. And um, selling your ideas and knowing if they don't, uh, knowing that if the person that you're pitching doesn't buy it, don't get down. There's another guy. There's another woman. There's another company that are going to buy your services. you got to keep going and be completely positive. And that's, that is some of the things that Ed, I would say are really important. Of course, having a story, having a great story and a powerful and persuasive narrative that simplifies what you're offering and customizes it to the client's needs, and you know the secret to that. Listening, asking the right questions. What's keeping you up at night? What's your biggest challenge? When you're you're thinking about your business six months from now, what do you see? What is the vision for it? And then how do your services serve that need rather than just coming in and starting to pitch? Getting to know that person. You know, people don't get listened to anymore. They love 
to have somebody look them in the eye and nod their head and listen to them and understand their needs and take notes and say, you know what, I got something for you. Yeah, and you know, I totally agree. I, I think, gosh, I don't know, sometimes I think we all need to just uh, go to a listening class. Uh, <laughs> we, we struggle so much with uh, with listening to what the other person is actually not even saying. If you're really listening, you can hear what they're not saying. It's not just what they are saying. And you know what questions that you need to follow up with. And, and really, that's what causes us to really respect other people, isn't it? When people will listen yeah. to us. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, and respect, that's the other thing. So often, you know, I said, get your swagger on, but don't be cocky. And you don't want to come in the room and dismiss the person that you're presenting to or that you're working with. You want to elevate them and respect them and embrace them and listen to their ideas um, like they've never been heard before. That's, that's, create, that's a beautiful thing if you want to make a connection. It is, and I'm, I, I actually have uh, the perfect story of one that didn't do that. This salesperson walked into my, uh, the uh, CFO of my company uh, walked in to talk uh, to her and assumed that she was a nobody and uh, decided that he knew everything and wasn't listening, just wanted uh, to basically bypass her. Uh, tragic mistake on his part because uh, he literally got uh, escorted to the door and banned forever. Oh. Why? Why? Wow. Because he didn't listen. Yep. You know, it, yeah. it, when you dismiss other people and you don't listen, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying that example because I think you're 100% right. I think that uh, so many times we don't even know that we have developed the habits that are causing us not to ask questions and not listen. And it's something to really be aware of. Uh, what are some tips that you have to be, to be aware of, of, of how uh, the other person uh, wants you to connect with them? Well, I, it being a, that, as soon as I walk in the room, I am looking in their eyes. I am constantly in eye contact, okay? There's no phone in my hand. All electronics are put away unless I'm doing an interview and I'm typing in front of them. But even then, I'm handwriting 99% of the time because I want to be able to look up and look in their eyes, look up and look in their eyes, and I don't want any division between the two of us. And I've learned to actually write without even looking down now. I can look at somebody and have a conversation and be writing, and that's a great skill to have. So when you're looking in somebody's eyes, you're getting the cues of what is Absolutely. going to be, you know, that you're getting the cues. I have three things that I think are the most important, um, you know, sort of tips or slogans to remember from a great, great coach who taught me how to close, and her name's Linda, and Linda says, when in doubt, leave it out. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, when you've got a PowerPoint in front of somebody or you've made a one sheet, if you know that it's not going to pertain to them, you have to leave it out. Um, when you go long, you go wrong. <laughs> so true. 
right? So if you're looking in their eyes and you're really focusing on their signals, are they nodding their head? Are they leaning forward? Are they engaged in the conversation? Are they asking you questions? Um, that means they're engaged. If they're not doing any of those things, you're going long. And what we end up doing is explaining things over and over because we're not getting those cues from the client, and now you're really boring them to tears. And then the third thing is if you confuse them, you lose them. If you have a complicated product, high level what it does for the client in a language that everyone can understand. You can always pass a one sheet through the email after the meeting if they're interested that has the detail. But stay in the larger, um, you know, higher sort of uh, higher elevation when you're talking about your product or service. And I love stories. Stories mm. sell. Facts tell, but stories sell. And if they you could say, you know, I've been working, for me, I'll say, you know, I've been working with Fox Networks Group, and they took all these fantastic television networks and they united them. And let me tell you what it did for the people. So instead of saying, we unite teams, right, under one brand umbrella, I say, let me talk, tell you about Fox Networks Group. It was yeah. FX, it was Fox, it was Fox Sports, it was, you know, I say all the National Geographic Channel. We put them together. And do you know the power that happened from doing that? Let me tell you three things that happened. People are on the edge of their seat. They want to hear the story. Absolutely. Nobody wants to hear all of the facts. Uh, they can read that for themselves, but they definitely want to hear uh, the action. And that's what you're giving them is the action. Now, Robin, I know uh, that people that are listening today are just fascinated by your uh, opinions and they want to know how they can connect with you. So why don't you share real quickly uh, the best way for people to connect with you and find out more about your work and your company? Well, I, you know, I love LinkedIn. And if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see my bio. And that is how I teach storytelling for executives. If you read that, that's actually the order that <laughs> so you'll get a you'll, you'll get a, you'll get something for yourself, which is how to make a good LinkedIn profile, right? We all want to know how to do that. Um, so do that and connect with me and I say yes to everybody because awesome. I want to connect with everyone and give them all of the tools. So that's one way. So Robin Fisher Roffer, F I S H E R R O F F E R on LinkedIn. And the other way is through my website, bigfishmarketing.com. And there you'll find, oh my gosh, about a hundred blogs, lots of videos, and um, my books, which are all on Amazon, like the one that we're talking about today, Your No Fear Career. Awesome. Awesome. And for those of you that are exercising while you listen today, uh, as always, we'll make sure we provide links uh, to Robin's website as well as to her LinkedIn profile for you. We'll try to make that easy for you. Uh, Robin, uh, it's been so much fun talking today uh, about your no fear career. I wonder if there are maybe one or two action items that you want to make sure that all of us as managers and leaders take away today so that we can begin to implement a couple of the things that we've talked about. The first, well, I'm so glad you asked that. The first thing would be to take a micro risk, whatever it is, to move from a gut instinct that you have, an intuition that you just, you've got to follow, but you're afraid, 
and take a little micro risk today, just a little thing, to move it forward, okay? So if you're, if you're wanting to write a book because you know that will elevate your business, start writing morning pages every morning, just, just a page a day. Things like that are going to move the business forward. And the second thing is how we started the call. Say yes. Say yes to something extraordinary. Move the obstacles out of the way and make it happen. Uh, those are phenomenal action items, and I encourage all of us to take two actions today just like Robin has suggested. Uh, my guest today has been Robin Fisher Roffer, the author of your No Fear Career. Uh, she's also CEO of Big Fish Marketing, and I encourage you to connect with uh, Robin. Get her book, read her book. You're gonna love it. It's it's it, it's just fascinating, great encouragement for all of us. Robin, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today uh, with, with our listeners, and we wish you continued success in everything that you do in your career. Thank you so much. I so appreciate spending time with another Alabama fan. <laughs> <laughs> Roll Tide, baby. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you enjoyed uh, all of the tips that Robin gave us today, and I want to encourage you to approach your career with no fear. And I, along that line, I want to help you. If, if you're struggling trying to figure out how to really manage and lead your team correctly, I want you to go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today so that you can get involved in all of the great training that I have for you. Uh, my signature training program, the Mojo Leadership System, which is a 10-module course, is included in the site, and I promise you, it will change your career. So go to mojouniversity.com, sign up today. I promise you, you'll love it.